When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Tottenham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Cowlin, Jamie Brown and Lee McQueen of Last Word on Spurs. Gents, last week we were talking Champions League draw. I said, what do you want? Who would you like to draw? And you said, well, Johnny, the Champions League is about, about romance. It's about something different. So we don't want an English team. And if we do get an English team, we don't want Man City. What went wrong? <laughs> We all, all of it. We all knew that that was going to happen, didn't we? And I think the other thing is Liverpool got an easy draw as well. Of course, Liverpool got. Of course they did. Of course they did. Do you know? Good evening, guys. How how are you? Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, nightmare Champions League draw, really. You know, don't don't get an English team. Oh, okay, fine. Don't get City. Oh, okay, fine. Well, at least don't get the home draw the first game. Okay, we got that as well. So, bit of a nightmare. But look, you know, we're over it now. It's been, what, nearly a week, Johnny, is it, since the draw <laughs> been made? And I'm confident. Been lads. through all I the stages confident. of grief. Are you confident? Because I was just in here for a quick handover with Richard Lee and Paul Mortimer. And I said that you guys might not be delighted to have drawn City. But that I backed you to have a chance. And they were giving you, they said, about a 10% chance of getting Ooh, through this tie. 10%. Do you think that's harsh? 10%? Yeah. yeah bit more than that. Well, I think if you look at last year, I mean, City were just phenomenal and um, they came up against Liverpool and I think everyone thought that City were going to go through and um, obviously Liverpool ended up winning that tie. So I think it, it's kind of similar this year. Um, obviously, City is going to be it's huge. You know, they could they could quite easily score three, but I think the biggest factor is going to be the new stadium and I'm, I'm really 100%. looking forward to seeing what kind of an impact that has on, on the players and uh, the, the tie. 
Well, whoever we're playing in the quarterfinals, obviously we now know it's Manchester City. Um, at the start of the campaign, um, you know, even after three, four games in the group stages, no one thought Tottenham were going to even go through. So to to be in a quarterfinal now, and the fact that it will be our first ever European game at the new stadium, it will be a fantastic event. We need to just take one game at a time, and uh, and and get the result over the two legs, which uh, mm. I think we've got a lot more than a ten percent chance. I think I think I agree. I agree with Jamie about the new stadium as well. I know Chris, you're you're a massive fan of the new stadium, of course, and and mm. roof panels and now uh, <laughs> now trees as well. But look, I mean, I just read off some 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 teams for you. Madrid away, no problem for Tottenham. We we got a result as as such. Barcelona away, we got a result. Dortmund away, we got a result. Chelsea this season, we've got a result away from home. Arsenal away from home, we've also got a result. Like some some skeptics out there, or people that are kind of the negative bunch, they come back at me and say, "Yeah, but we lost to Man United and we lost to City at home, and you know Liverpool and so on and so forth." But look, that's football, and mm. we talk about it on the show all the time. And in, in, in a couple of weeks' time, when the Oracle, when Jace is back on air, um, you know, we talk about fine margins, and that is what it is. That new stadium is massive for us. Mm. The home tie, selfishly, I didn't want it to be a home tie because I'm away, so I. I can't actually go, which is a real bummer. Um, but but ultimately, I also do believe that actually going away first does give you a bit of an advantage. Mm. Having said that, we just destroyed Dortmund four 0 over two legs. So, well, I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people say that maybe a second leg, uh, no, uh, having the playing home first may be a disadvantage. But if you look at the way it worked out against Dortmund, um, having won three nil, not conceding an away goal, we'd kind of gone into the second leg with a huge psychological advantage knowing that pretty much one goal was going to kill the tie so I'd argue that with our the home advantage and especially with how big it's going to be with the new stadium I think it's really going to be massive this first leg. I think also against City in the Premier League, uh, I think it was a uh, Mares goal on six minutes, wasn't it, lads? Yeah. Uh, at um, yeah. a ravaged Wembley, if you remember, from the NFL um, early in the game. season. It was a close game. And if it yeah. weren't for a little bobble or a bit of uh, more mental strength from Lamella, could have easily been a 1-1. So, you know, the, the reality is, you know, you, you've got to fancy yourselves. This is the business end of the season now, guys, mm. isn't it? Listeners, this is the business end of the season. If you can't get excited now with a quarterfinal Champions League, new yeah. stadium coming up, winnable home games you know the fight is on our next game's away to Liverpool if you can't get excited then what's the point that yeah. this is the business end of the season we've got Kane back firing exactly. he scored four, four starts three goals uh, we've got Deli Alley now back we're going to get some game time with Eric Dyer in the international week as well mm. it's not going to be a bad thing Would you, I mean I see you nodding lads what do you think? They're, they're all getting fit aren't they but from a, even from a Manchester City point of view they can't have been pleased to draw Tottenham I don't think so. I think it, the ro- the romance side, what you said at the top of the uh, the program, Johnny. I think that for me is that it's a European tie, so you want it to be mm. a European um, fixture per se. But like you said, Jamie, it was very different against Man City, Liverpool. It felt different. It didn't feel like a Premier League tie, did it? It did feel like a European yeah. night. And it's up to us. It's up to. Uh, do you know what? Actually, Johnny and, and and the crew, it's up to us. It's up to us fans to make that a fortress. To you know, to yeah. to do whatever palliative you want to say. The reality is, it's up to us fans to get behind a team and and, mm. and make it amazing. Liverpool did it. I'm not saying like let's tack their bus, but Liverpool did it and and it worked. And Manchester City don't actually have a very good record against English teams in European competition. 
they're not that fussed about the Champions League either, are they? What? Hang on. Of course they are. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. That's that's precisely what they're. I think that yeah yeah. I don't think they're fan bases. He really wants that. Pep really wants that. Pep does. The the board does. The club do. But the the fans they don't even turn up sometimes. (laughs) A half empty. We go and do them two three nil. Here we are at uh, at the new white light. Hey, that stadium that Etihad would be half empty, lads. But the, 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 I, I, I think, though, Lee, the, the, the home game is the, the key game. Yeah. If we can get a, a couple of goals in that game, um, get you know perhaps a 2-0 two, two win, then yeah. uh, going into the Etihad will be that slight bit mm. uh, better. Yeah, I think it's all about just trying to, as, as much as possible, just trying to stop that away goal because we saw how huge it mm. was against Dortmund and um, you know City at the Etihad. We've got to give ourselves a decent chance. Um, but we show we can do it against Dortmund, and um, obviously they're top of the top of the Bundesliga when when we played them. So um, yeah, I think I think we can do the same. Uh, what, what I just quickly, Johnny, what I would say is like all jokes aside for me, I'm Mr. Optimistic. Of course, City are on another yes. planet. They are on another level. This this would be one amazing scalp if if Tottenham Hotspur oh. did it. And and if we don't do it, like I said on last week's show. There's nothing to be, I'm not talking about le- lack of ambition here, by the way, but there's nothing to be embarrassed about of going out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Like, you know, best team in London, at least we're playing Champions League football. Mm. No, absolutely not. And on that point of City might not have wanted Spurs, it's not just the romance angle of wanting a foreign club. Actually, if you look at that Dortmund performance, which you brought up, Jamie, no club in this competition is going to have wanted Tottenham Hotspur. Exactly. Because it was the most professional performance across mm. two legs. And that's the question in the Champions League. It's the yep. across two legs yeah. part. Mm. You were the side who kept the clean sheets, kept it safe, kept it organised. And actually, why can't you do it against City? Mm. Exactly. And I think that um, even last season, we put in some top performances. You know, beating uh, Real Madrid at Wembley. That was a, a very special night that we'll always remember. And that's what we need to recreate again at the at the brand new stadium, the first European night at the new stadium. You know, we've got to make sure we get that win. Um, but nobody would have wanted Tottenham. None of those teams would have, would have wanted to draw Tottenham. And uh, I would love to have seen uh, Pep's face and the Manchester City squad's face when Tottenham well, come we saw, out. Because... We saw Carl Walker's face, didn't we? Well, it was a nice little uh, <laughs> post on on Twitter. Oh. But again, I think I think that was probably more. Can I am I allowed to say the words banter? I'm not sure it's allowed anymore. Is it? <laughs> yeah. You are allowed. Oh, okay, to say fine. That. I think it was more banter with all of his old kind of teammates yeah. rather than yeah. anything else. To be fair, but. Yeah, I just Carl Walker. I'm not a fan of him on Twitter. Very childish. But Are you not? I yeah. It's just there's all the same, aren't they? At City, it's like Mendy and well, I was, and about, the likes. I was about to say because Mendy, we hear a lot about of, his social yeah. media because Pep apparently Kudu, tells him off. We had in Kudu, it was like oh. So hang on, when when a player starts mucking about on Twitter, do you not mm. like that, Jamie? It, no, it, I just, do you think it's unprofessional? Because a lot of people, I think, like it in the sense that it shows that they're human and it shows a personal side to things. True. Yeah, it's true. But at the end of the day, we know it's not. We know it's not them that's actually doing it. We know that there's probably a guy behind it that they're paying to put the stuff out there. I'm not a big fan of Carl Walker on Twitter just because I don't think he's very funny. I don't have a problem with, well, the what, guy with what he puts. The yeah, I just don't funny. think it's very funny. But yeah, there we go. Fair enough. In terms of, in terms of that home tie being important, Lee, you mentioned the Liverpool City clash and the obviously bad behaviour, and we have to stress it was bad behaviour, from the Liverpool fans towards the City bus. Nobody is saying that Spurs should be having a pop at the City bus. That said, a big part of that result was about them 
mm. getting City rattled, about mm. them getting in Pep's head, about them getting in the players' heads. I agree. And obviously without endangering anyone or doing anything criminal, Spurs mm. fans, particularly when we're talking about this atmosphere, this great new stadium, is there a responsibility there from your point of view to actually scare City? hundred percent. Like that that is what this stadium has been built for, isn't it? Yeah, it's, for, it's been definitely. built for atmosphere. And cheese boards. And cheese boards. <laughs> although that's been, been put on hold annoyingly. But look, look the, the reality is we, we rock up there against Palace on April the third and the atmosphere is like it's been down at Wembley. We're we're gonna be walking into that city game thinking, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. So we're all taking it for granted the atmosphere is going to be amazing. The the man to my right, Chris, will tell you how good it's gonna be. You've been down the the, the events you've been down mm. a lot of the time. So we, we kind of know that it's going to be good, right, Chris? Well, you're right. We and, hope, and, right? and you're you're right, Johnny. It's it's our responsibility mm. to sing our hearts out and uh, be that twelfth man on the pitch, and certainly against Manchester City. But I can't see. Um, I'm very very confident that of Tottenham playing in the new stadium. You know, it's not like moving um, to another site. We are on the same site. You know, it really is going home. And I, I keep saying this. You know, we are properly going home, and uh, the atmosphere will be amazing. The the um, how far you are away from the pitch is extremely close. When you when you've been to Wembley Stadium for the best part of two seasons, you feel a very long way away, and this is very very close. And for any opposition um, shooting towards the the south stand, um, they will feel intimidated. Two really five will. two baby, two five yeah, two. You'll be there. Well, what I'd like to say on on that uh, actually is it, you, it is our responsibility. We, we are the twelfth man. Um, or, or the 12th uh, fan. Let's, not, let's yeah. not just say man, right? Because there's, there's lots of other people to be involved. And and it's our responsibility to make that happen. And I've seen it can make a difference. Like lots of us have seen it, the crowd can make a difference. A positive energy makes a difference. And I, I'm absolutely confident that we will not lose this season in that home stadium. I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced about it, in fact. I agree. Um, but it's the, what margin... You know, are we going to go and destroy City at home 3-0 like we did Dortmund? I can't see that, to be honest. But we're probably going to need to if we're going to go through. Mm. In terms of the new ground opening and that leading to a move away from Wembley, I know you were saying, Chris, that you were at Wembley for quite a while and that that feels a long way from home. Of course it does. It's not the stadium that you want to be playing in. But over that period... Have the Spurs fans and indeed the Spurs players warmed to Wembley Stadium at all? Is there any feeling now as you come to an end no. of the time that there's some kind of home advantage? I don't advantage? think anybody will miss Wembley at all. Um, I think the only time that we will ever want to see Wembley again is when we uh, go to another semi-final. Um, but or when uh, football comes home. Critically, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's, we've got some good memories, though, Chris. Right? I mean, we, beat, we beating Real Madrid there was was absolutely incredible night. You yeah. know, last season was was phenomenal. Doing the same to Dortmund twice, actually, because we did it this year and obviously last year as well. Mm. Uh, so there were some some isolated games with good memories, but in terms of the actual on on the pitch, yeah, yeah on the pitch, on, yeah. on the pitch, yeah. I think the t- the team have performed very well. And you're right, we've had some very very good nights there. Great performances, um, lots of goals. Um, but from a fan's point of view, when you talk to fans before and after the game, um, lots of people actually getting to and from the stadium. Um, some people I know, you know, got season tickets and they even chose to sit at home, sit at home because they, they didn't want to keep making the trip to Wembley because it was such an inconvenience. But there is nothing better than than being at home and you know going back to that site and it's funny because when when you watch people's faces where some people haven't been 
um, down the high road since White Hart Lane was there. You know, almost two years of not visiting. And then when you see people actually walk down that street, their face it is an absolute picture. Their drawer just goes to the floor. And they just can't believe it because people have seen pictures, they've seen videos, but you just cannot imagine it until you're there. Well, the focus for Tottenham Hotspur is, of course, now on that homecoming. The good news is that the opening ceremony is going to be broadcast live on Sky Sports. But Spurs fans are disappointed that that first game against Palace isn't going to be on the telly. What's that about? This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Lee McQueen, Jamie Brown and Chris Cowlin from Last Word on Spurs. The focus for not just Spurs, but actually a large part of English football this season has been on the development of the new White Hart Lane, of Tottenham's potential homecoming. We finally got a date. You're going to be back ensconced for the game against Palace. And the opening ceremony, a bit like the world's weirdest Olympics, is going to be broadcast (laughs) live on Sky Sports. But the game itself isn't because Sky have chosen City versus Cardiff instead. I'm not a Spurs fan, but that still seems a bit odd. Hmm. Well, I think the thing was they had they had the rights originally to the game, didn't they? So it's just odd that they haven't you know they haven't been able to get the rights again for the this game this time around. I think it was because it was something to do with switching the. I mean, uh, a, a friend of the show actually, a friend of the last word on Spurs, uh, Michael. Uh, tweeted about it and he works for Sky um, and he talked about the fact that the scheduling was was changed on the basis that the match kept changing because he wasn't sure you know if it was going to be Brighton if it was going to be Palace and so on and so forth so I think they just had to make a decision in the end and that's what it was so it it is a shame uh, certainly but um, yeah it's 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 been very difficult because everything has you know it, it kept changing all the time um, you know, even my friends and family have asked me for months to, to do things and commit to things. And, you know, we can't because, you know, the, the stadium might open. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Are you viewing the opening of the stadium, Chris, like the potential for a partner going into labour? Like, well, <laughs> I can't go on holiday that way because at, at any moment we could be racing to White Hart Lane. It's it's exciting times for us. You know, it's... it's uh, I'm so glad it's happening in my lifetime anyway, you know, to, to actually see the stadium from uh, from nothing going going right up to what it is today. It's been uh, very exciting in it. And of course, it will be around for all of our lifetime. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you talk about going on holiday and jetting back. I, I'm actually going on holiday. To bring this up, <laughs> Hang on, you? Lee, where, where are you going? Uh, well, I'm going to Jamaica. So okay. it's oh. quite uh, a long, you can't nip back. I can't, I can't nip back over the, over the, through the Caribbean, over the channel. No, but <laughs> what I, um, uh, yeah, I suppose one door closes another one opens it means that somebody else can have my ticket which is uh which is fantastic for for, for them um and of course i won't be selling it on for scrupulous amounts of money like <laughs> some idiotic people have been doing on twitter this week which is utterly ridiculous um but yeah i mean so so one of my mates or you know some somebody one of our lucky listeners who knows keep listening might benefit <laughs> might benefit from uh from from that that ticket itself but but ultimately for me I, I've, i'm lucky because i've got a test event so i'm going to a legends game um mm. which i know we'll come on to later in, on in the show um and actually chris and i did speak in the week uh when brighton finally went through against millwall made uh, and made it that it was going to be 
uh, opening the stadium on a evening game in a, in a weeknight. And again, that was quite contentious because a lot of my friends actually were on the on our WhatsApp group saying, oh no, we wanted it to be a Saturday. But I was looking at it selfishly from the player's perspective yeah. going, actually, that's, that gives us six days more recovery before the Champions League tie. So surely it's better to have it in the midweek. Is that is that yeah. right? Or well, not? can I just say that um, the club never ever intended to open the um, open the stadium on a, on a midweek game. It was always going to be on a weekend. And full credit must go to both Brighton and Crystal Palace yeah, because them both clubs actually met with Spurs and they agreed that a Premier League game between either side, no matter what happened in the FA Cup, would be played before the Champions League game mm. in order for the club to actually play the first Champions League game in the new stadium. So full credit must go to both of those clubs. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. But I, I just want to bring up with you maybe, Chris, uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but we're all saying, oh, you know, welcome home, we're going back on a... What happens if a test events fail? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not an option. No, I mean it's not an option. But is it? I mean, generally, is there a one? We talk about small margins. Is there a one percent opportunity here that this could happen. The club have been tweeting pictures of the stadium all day, so I think they're pretty yeah, confident. I think they're all right. yeah. Okay, fair play. Is it? Is it completely? A foregone conclusion. Is it a formality? I saw Ledley King on Twitter inciting everyone to go down and watch the new wave of stars and all of that. No one seems to be even considering no. that something might go wrong. No, let's let's all just be confident. You know, we're we're yeah. going back home and uh, everything is going to go swimmingly well, and uh, we're all going to be in there. Yeah, happy days. With that, on the test events, it's this under 18s game. First of yep. all, are you guys going to that one? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't make it actually. You're so, in Jamaica. Uh, no, I'm not in Jamaica. Trinidad. No, but, uh, no, 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 I'm not in Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in the UK, but uh, I can't make the the under 18s one. So, um, what uh, my my good man Chris Coles um, and my other good man Nick Martin, they're taking their boys. So they're oh, very gonna, nice. like they got they got young, young boys and or whatever. So they're going to make that a family day. But what what a great opportunity for 16, 17, yeah. 18 year olds to to play in that stadium for the very mm. very first time. It'd be incredible. Yeah, so I mean, they had an interview with the captain of the under-18s yeah. and he was saying he's been there for 10 years. So it's just, yeah, that's, that's just brilliant to see. And that's the kind of players that you want. Yeah, Having the first, you know, playing the first game at the new stadium, scoring at the new stadium, I think, yeah, really, really excited. And, and Ryan Mason will be in the dugout as well. Yeah. Oh, bless Yeah, him. that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's that very cool. cool. I was actually going to see whether or not he would be getting, I suppose he probably can't because of the medical uh, condition or whatever, but maybe, is, is he a legend? I don't know, but getting his boots on for the Legends game. I think yeah. in terms of legend status, in, in the context, of, he'd qualify, wouldn't he? But yeah. I'm I'm yeah. obviously, I'm I'm not a brain surgeon, but no. the risk possibly is, isn't no, worth it. For Ryan Mason. Mm. Uh, the other angle of the kids getting the go first in the stadium is it's potentially quite a good story for the club, isn't it? Not yeah. in a cynical way, but if the next Harry Kane or Oliver Skip or whoever it may be is playing in that game and they're then there competing in the Champions League in 10 years' time and they're mm. able to go, listen, I played in the first ever game at our yeah. stadium. It's quite something. Exactly. And, yeah, uh, and, and Tottenham are so good with their youth system. Yeah. You know, we brought through some uh, fantastic players, Harry Kane included, and uh, yeah, it is just a, a fantastic opportunity for them and uh, full credit for the club uh, for doing that. Exciting times ahead. Of course, the Legends game, which, Lee, you are going to that one or you're in Zanzibar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely going to Legends game. It's a 5 30 kickoff. So I'm going to I'm gonna thoroughly enjoy um, maybe a bit of Chick King beforehand. I don't know, but we're definitely going to be enjoying a few um, breweries. What's the brewery in there? You need to be in the stadium now, Lee. 
They're, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're, wanna... they're tweeting out all of these places yeah, to eat, I'll, all these places to drink. Special deal on pies and beer. Isn't yeah, five it? pound. Is yeah, five pounds. pounds. Five yeah. quid. So I'm, I'm going to lap that up, Johnny. To be fair, so yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, and we got a pass as well. So me, me and the lads have got a pass for a few bevies after the game as well. So that's very uh, nice. That's always nice. You, you you lads out there, and you know what I mean by having a pass, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. There, there are quiet nods in the studio. Exactly. Uh, the, the other kind of pass is, of course, the footballing one. And one man who knew a thing or two about them was Paul Gascoigne, who it's now sounding like he might be involved. As Spurs fans, how good would that be for you to see him out on the pitch? I, I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. I'd absolutely love yeah. to see Paul Gascoigne uh, dawn shirt again and uh, and be in that new stadium. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's not a player that I was, I was fortunate enough to watch, but... Um, to have him back, I think it would just even for me, it would give me goosebumps to see him back on the pitch at White Hart Lane. So I'd really love to see him play. Wonderful stuff. Gazza, of course, not the only legend who'll be involved and we'll be discussing some of the others in just a moment. This is Love Sport. It is the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and last word on Spurs. Just a moment ago, we were talking about the potential prospect of Gaza running out on the pitch at New White Hart Lane for that Legends game. Wonderful thoughts even just, but there are some other great names uh, who've been announced. Carr, Perry, Chimbonda, of course, in, in the same category. <laughs> I see Stephen Carr the other day. Uh, true story, I see him the other day, right? He just literally must have come off a plane somewhere because he was properly tanned. He was in Oxford Street. And I, and I looked, you know, like you do a double take or whatever, and he, was, he must have been with his son. Uh, and I nearly went over and I thought... Oh, I just won't bother, and I didn't bother. I should have, should have. Stephen yeah. Connor is going to be playing at the new White Lane. I, th- I think players normally are quite pleased when people come up to them, aren't they? I mean, Stephen you're... Carr, my lord, Stephen Carr. Well, but exactly, oh, you're lord, you're a respectful Stephen boy, Lee. Carr. You'd have gone over totally. and gone, yeah, know, just I, to say I, you're a, you're a yeah, hero I, of mine. I, I would have, I, I definitely would have, and I think people forget at the time. He, uh, when he was playing for us, we didn't have a particularly brilliant team. I think he captained this side for as a right back, um, and he was one of our best players well, back mm-hmm. in the day. So, would you not agree, Chris? You were, yeah. you were down the lane, yeah, mate, yeah, watching yeah. him. But w- one one player I'm very excited about is Jurgen Klingsman. Oh, I, I was I, I was really hoping he would come, and uh, he, he is just going to be fantastic. And I know he's a lot older now, but when he, when he signed for Spurs in the summer of '94, you know, with with Lord Sugar yes. um, on his yacht. Yes, you the know, boss, the, my boss. The, 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 those newspapers come out, the, you know, that famous picture of them two shaking each other's hands. And uh, when he came and uh, scored that goal, that winner at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, done the famous dive uh, celebration. Because he was getting a lot of stick, winning in the papers do, about diving and yeah, stuff, wasn't yeah. he? Do you remember? He's got, to, he's got to do that if he scores at the new stadium. That would be brilliant. And then Robbie Keane does his cartwheels With the cartwheel. And the p- 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 yeah. Or even if he doesn't score, he could just dive. Every time anyone yeah. comes near yeah. him, he could just yeah. hit the deck. <laughs> he might, he might have to. It depends how fit he is. He looks pretty fit still, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, Robbie Keane looks like he could still be playing. To yeah, be definitely. Honest. Yeah. Um, uh, one, one thing that I'm a little bit, I suppose, perturbed about is my my legendary number fourteen that I used to have on my wall, um, as in David Ginola. Yeah, well, he's not even been mentioned, is he? Has he been, he's been involved, yeah. or I mean? To have Ginola. Did he not? Did he not um, have a health thing? A couple he did of have a lot of health problems. Oh, 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 really? So uh, yeah, I was. I, was I, I heard a lot of suggestions saying that, and I was kind of thinking, what? Maybe why not? And um, yeah, I was. I remembered. That, okay, so. that's interesting. And there's, then, there's a reason. And then of course you have got Mr. Spurs himself, as in Ledley, Ledley King. King. Uh, he's not 
been mentioned yet. I can't believe he won't be involved. I mean, he's an ambassador for our for our yeah. great club he's as well as lacking it is. Lacking so. in knees though, perhaps. <laughs> Didn't, uh, great story Still to tell you though. John great Terry. story to tell you about the old Har- uh, is Harry Redknapp days when he went up to Liverpool that time. Uh, and this is a true story because I heard it from the horse's mouth and he, and he tells it damn sight better than me, clearly. But um, he was on the coach just to go up to support the team up to up to Anfield. And um, Harry's looking around the coach and he just goes up to kind of Ledley and says, um, you're going to be all right to play today? And Ledley went, well, not really. No, I haven't trained at all. Like, he's just come back from an injury. And, yeah, yeah, you, you'll be all right. You'll, you'll do the job. And he, and he went up and was man of the match. Yeah. Classic Ledley. And yeah. that, is, that is true from, yeah. from having spoken to Ledley a couple of times in and around the Tottenham Foundation Club. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got to be involved, isn't he? Oh, yeah, surely. Um, another one, maybe Teddy Sheringham, we were kind of discussing. Yeah, we were um, discussing it, yeah. I, I mean, a reason why m- maybe he hasn't been invited, he has done a lot of talking about Harry Kane going to Manchester United and maybe... And there is his United link as well, of course. Yeah, so I, maybe that might be the reason. I know I've seen it again. I've seen a lot of people calling for Sheringham, but um, maybe that might be the reason that he hasn't been given the call yet. I- I'm excited to see Down. Darren Anderton yeah. back at the lane. Uh, I think he still holds the record appearances. Does he, Chris? Yeah. I'm looking yeah, yeah. at you. Or yeah. a lot of record yeah. appearances for the club. So I'm, I'm uh, in the Premier League. In the Premier League, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully um, he. <laughs> Sorry, Darren, but hopefully he won't be injured for for that game. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to seeing him down. That's just going to be a fantastic atmosphere, isn't it, guys? Yeah, for sure. Talking of charity games and Darren Anderton, my housemate played in one last year, and Darren Anderton was there. And my house, I'm terrible at football, as you can probably tell from looking at me. My housemate's not the best, but he's quite quick. And so if you're a Darren Anderton style player, and you had this young guy running in front of you, you think, yeah, all right, I can I can find him. And they went in at half time, five four down, and Darren Anderton had scored all four. And <laughs> what my mate says happens is that they all sat down in total silence. And bearing in mind it's just a charity game, and Darren Anderson went, Right, you lot are all rubbish. Just give me the ball. <laughs> and they won sort of eight five with Darren Anderson scoring fifty three. So he's clearly got pedigree in a charity. You look like game. a goalkeeper, Johnny, to be fair. I I've actually seen, well I've, I've seen s- the size of you, buddy. You're you're taller than my hair. So my you know footballing I mean? <laughs> career began in goal, but I conceded like eight goals in a game as a seven year old, started crying and have never done it oh, since. Not a great so start, buddy. Not a great he's, start. He's right, your 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 mate, because I, I actually played against Darren Anderson as well about four years ago. You played um, against Dan, Anna? Yeah, in a, in a legend, in a in a Spurs legend. And the le- game. what you were a legend? <laughs> no, I wasn't a legend. <laughs> You're part no. of the team, <laughs> mate. Um, and he made it look so easy, and uh, he just run rings around people, and yeah, he was, he was fantastic. But he does play a lot in the in the Spurs legends team, so he's. He's very fit. I'm just looking around the studio today, and we all, obviously we've got you know Chris Carlin, aka Potticino himself. Uh, we've got D- uh, James from Daily Hotspur, obviously aka Juan Foyth. or Tom Carroll, uh, or, or Tom Carroll. <laughs> throw him out there, two two Spurs boys, and of course you've got uh, me, as otherwise known as uh, Macaniga, as in uh, you know, of, of course I'm like the Gazaniga double. Although I've, I've I've seen him on Twitter, and he and he's been trying to morph into me, more like me morphing into him. <laughs> good-looking chap that Gazaniga oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting actually because the next hour and 20 minutes of my running order just says Gazaniga's really good-looking <laughs> disgust yeah. that's, a, that's a great link I told you I'm learning these links you, I'm are. Learning these you links. are well we're all learning together of course as we always do the other thing that Spurs have announced which is a really really nice gesture from the club is that they're freezing the prices of all season tickets for the 2019 to 20 season 
Do you think they owed the supporters that they after could, they, everything they've been oh, through? They, they could not have increased them. <laughs> they, they increased the season ticket prices in order for us to move in our stadium at the start of this season. Um, mm. A lot of people have been very disappointed by the refunds and then mm. having to rebuy the tickets. So um, they couldn't have yeah. they couldn't have increased them. I think there would have been a huge uproar from even opposition fans because they just know what we've been put through and 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 kind of the embarrassment that it's been. Um, so. For me, they literally couldn't have done anything else. I mean, maybe they could have moved them down, but that's the way it is. That's the way football is. I, I, I agree with the lads. I think I think what's going to be interesting, actually, Johnny, on that point, is what happens in subsequent seasons. Because we're obviously mm. still to um, announce a commercial sponsor for the stadium, of which there will be one. I've um, heard rumours of Nike. There's some big rumours, and yeah. Richard Key's done this I big reveal, didn't yeah. he? On, they on, denied, uh, they Daniel denied D. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. But but th- there will be one, so that's going to come along. There's, we haven't even had a sleeve sponsor, I don't think, for the last two seasons or, or whatever. So... Again, you know, it's very prominent now. There'd be a sleeve sponsor. There's more sponsorship to come. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with the with the season tickets um, and and then and then prices moving forward. Because of also, I think this week was announced. I don't know if anyone else picked it up that um, is it Saracens are going to be yeah. playing rugby there. They're pl- I think they're playing. Is it Harlequin? I think they play like a game against Harlequins. Yeah. Um, so it's like the London derby, I guess. Yeah, and um, that's going to be in the stadium. Right? Yeah. So I think that that'll be in the stadium kind of every year. So uh, yeah, we're getting lots of different sports. And there. then of course you've got the NFL, which uh, our very own Mr. Chris Cowlin was part of the the test event, wasn't you? Yeah, uh, it was a good the, test the, event. The, yeah. the test event of the NFL. Um, and um, I've now got into a bit of NFL myself, and be, being an LA Rams fan, which is amazing because we got to the, the Super Bowl for the first time ever. How do you uh, pick your team for the NFL? Uh, right, so Jason's going to be absolutely rolling his eyes right now because he's like, it's a Spurs show, stop talking about NFL. But <laughs> I, I, went out, uh, I went out on business to Los Angeles and uh, done uh, done some, some work over there. And the, the guy that I went with, he went, come watch an NFL game. I was like, no way, I ain't watching that. But he said, I've got your ticket anyway, it's to the LA Rams. And I fell in love with it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, very tactical, very uh, uh, amazing game. So, I suppose the reason why I bring that up because we're talking about season ticket prices or, or freezes, the amount of revenue that's going to be generated yeah. by the NFL, by the rugby, by the external events. It's not just a sports stadium either. They're talking about you know the way they've marketed it, the best place in London to, to for music uh, festivals or concerts and so on and so forth. You would hope that's either going to go into well, certainly uh, Jamie and Ricky would hope this in terms of transfers <laughs> uh, into back into the club, or or actually as fans to be able to help us, you know, to drive them ticket season uh, season ticket sorry prices, not only fr- freeze them but actually drive them down. Whether or not that happens, who knows? But the club have been extremely clever in everything they've I done. I agree. I agree Chris. Re- regarding the stadium, and there will be revenue pouring in um, from from all avenues you know all the extreme sports it, it really will be one of the places in London to visit so I've no doubt it'll be one of those top 10 20 places in London to visit while you're here yeah and uh, so I just I just wanted to say as well I want to throw it out there right now and you heard it here first um, I think the Champions League final will be in that new Spurs stadium what, in, in, in in not too distant future. And I, and I tell you why, because UEFA like the whole, um, you know, sharing it around, obviously, and that's what they cheese do. Cheese boards. Uh, they love a bit of cheese boards, they love a brewery. But it, it's in the um, uh, Estadio Metropolitano, I think I've probably said that completely wrong, in Madrid, which is Atletico Madrid's new stadium. And they've obviously visited uh, recently, didn't they, Chris? You, you were talking about the UEFA mm. um, re, uh, visiting. I know that was for our Champions League games, but once they go down there and the UEFA dignitaries see how good that stadium is I, I think it won't be long before we hold a Champions League final there 
Well, exciting times for Tottenham Hotspur and their players, who will, of course, be focusing on the Champions League themselves. But at the moment, it's an international break. And in just a second, we'll be looking at how Spurs international players are getting on. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with Johnny Burrow and Last Word on Spurs. And as ever, we want to hear your thoughts on all the topics we're discussing. Champions League, new stadium, the works. Get in touch. 0208 758 or at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. We've had a few of your listener questions into the show already. Mr. Pochettino at the MacBoy underscore chaps tweets following the Barca refocus trip away. Can we beat City in the Champions League and also consolidate a third place position in the EPL too? I'm confident we can. On the Champions League, I think this year we've shown a lot that we've we've learning a lot, and we only got that we only got the result we needed at the new camp. Um, of course, it was such a professional performance in the second leg against Dortmund. Um, so as a club, I think we're learning so much, um, especially this season. Of course, maybe maybe last season we wouldn't have had the mental resilience to bounce back from from such a poor start. So I think there's plenty of signs that we're learning. And um, I think that this City game is going to be, whatever the outcome, I think it's just going to be such a huge learning curve for the club and hopefully one that we can use to go on to bigger and better things. I think the, the ultimate thing is that we must finish top four. It, oh, sure. it, it, it is an absolute must and uh, the, the Manchester City game as we spoke about earlier it's very important to get a couple of goals in the uh, the home leg but I think we just need to take one game at a time and uh, and I'm I'm very confident of us finishing in top four mm. and let's just see how far we can go in the Champions League well it's interesting as well because I'll just bring a, a question that also we've had him from Jack Evans uh, at Jack underscore EVS 11 um, and he asked how many points do you guys think we need or believe we need uh, between now and the end of the season to secure a top three or a top four place and I know we're going to come on and analyse some of that in the later on in the show Jack thinks we need 19 points which would essentially mean a loss between either City or Liverpool and then a draw between either City or Liverpool and win the rest of our games. That, that's that's how tight it's going to look. I mean, technically, on past, uh, I think the average p- uh, points position to get in the top four is, between, is around 74 points. So mm. it's going to be... I, I do think... I, I, I think if we... I think we need to go unbeaten for the rest of the season in the Premier League. F- 15 points, five... Home, home games five at home Bournemouth away is 18 points and then a draw against Liverpool or City will yeah. give you the 19 points that's 80 points 80 points would definitely get you top three yeah I think it's interesting look at the other clubs I think Arsenal certainly looking at their fixtures they certainly have the easiest run in uh, Manchester United's very difficult they've got played uh, Chelsea City um, so they've got a very tough run in and, and, and Chelsea obviously are having a, a slight wobble at the moment so um, yeah I think there's two clubs there that potentially are going to have a hard time the reign of the season. Arsenal, you can never be too sure what's going to happen with them. So, yeah, I think I think we've got a decent chance. A decent chance indeed. It is also the international break. We've had a couple of internationally themed messages in. Ryan Davis, at Ryan underscore Davis, asks, with multiple top six rivals having international players claim rubbish injuries to avoid playing, how long can we really send our stars to go play internationally? 
I understand a few of our guys need minutes to get on track, but what if more injuries occur? We can't slip up now. He's got a good point. We've seen today Rashford's drops out of the England squad. We've seen Alexander-Arnold and Robertson drop out for their respective nations. Spurs have always been very good about allowing players to go and play, even in friendly matches. But do you think that's a bit naive? What I don't understand is people like Eric Dyer just come back from injury and then they're straight back in the England setup. And it, it is frustrating for, for us Tottenham fans that so many of our players are now in the England setup. Mm. Um, but football now is driven highly by sports science and, and what players can and can't do. So I'm sure that Gareth Southgate will be informed and I'm sure that England operate in exactly the same way as, as Tottenham do with the sports science stuff. Um, so I think they'll be very, very sensible and I, and I hope that the, the, uh, the Tottenham players for England don't get used that much. I think on the on Delhi, I think that that's going to be really important that he gets game time. I think that that's obviously he's been missing for such a while and and has had so many limited minutes that I think to, to be honest, I think that the two games are going to be a good thing for Delhi. Actually, I completely agree, and I, I would be normally on the other side of that in mm. terms of oh, you know, we've got yeah. games coming thick and fast in the Premier League. Tottenham's my love, you know, blah blah blah. But actually, we've got ten days uh, until the Liverpool game. And we've got Eric Dyer coming back. We've got Delhi in his game time. Dyer in his game time. Winks could probably do with a run out. I don't mm. know if he's in the squad, actually, thinking about that. No. Tri- Trippier was, uh, would, would co- probably benefit from a run out. Kane's always going to play because he's England captain. So that's never going to ch- mm. change on there. And we haven't had, I mean, I know we, as fans, we've all been dri- driven, driving ourselves mad with no football uh, that's been happening. And I think we need a game. So I think actually it's probably going to benefit us rather than anything else. More broadly, as England fans or whichever national team you support, how does it make you feel when you see players drop out? Because I initially, when the first few pulled out for the game against Czechoslovakia, I thought, well, fair enough, you know, they're probably injured. But as we've seen more and more drop out, particularly young guys who are still working to prove themselves on the international stage, I've been getting quite annoyed frankly, you, with England players going, you know what, it's only England, I don't fancy it. When there are all sorts of people like us sitting in studios, living rooms, whatever, around the country, going, I would cut off my little finger to play for England. You would never have got it years ago. And it seems to be so easy now to, to get an England call-up. You know, people, players used to have to play a season, two seasons, perhaps even three seasons, consistently well to get an international call-up. And now the media put out a name and they've played five Premier League games in their career and suddenly they're called up to, to England. And it is, it is frustrating for me and I think it's really devalued playing for, for the country. The, the the way I look at it, and it might be a bit of a conspiracy theory, but you know the Premier League uh, clubs pay the players' wages, the media pay mm. the Premier League clubs the money. Um, so ultimately, the media control everything they want. Like in, in uh, generally, uh, this is what this is what my belief is starting to um, uh, to go down towards. So so ultimately, like you say, if the media put out that Jaden Sancho's the next best thing, yeah, he's going to be the next best thing. If they put out and they constantly keep saying that Liverpool are going to win the league, then yeah. Liverpool are going to have a really good chance of winning the league because everyone starts to believe it. It's absolutely crazy. And and on the flip side of that, it's where Pochettino comes in, just bringing it back to Spurs. 
Potichino creates this bubble internally, and what he keeps saying to us now is saying that actually us fans have got to get inside that bubble, and we've got to go it together, and we must believe, otherwise we're never going to change that mentality. And if people keep telling us that we're rubbish and we're never going to win a trophy, and we're never going to win this, which is what basically the mainstream media does, then we're never going to. And I generally believe that is a massive factor. If you bring that into sport in an individual level, if you go and play any sport, tennis or cricket or football or badminton, and you think you walk out and think, I'm going to lose, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose. And it's the same mentality. So the media, I think, you know, I'm not talking about kind of, you know, studios or, or whatever. I'm talking about the people that pay for them players. They are the ones that have the control. And that that is ultimately, and even at international level is what my, my thinking is, Johnny. I agree with you completely in terms of them defining the zeitgeist of who's respected, who's taken seriously as a talent. But the media aren't really tipping people to drop out of the England squad. You know what I mean? I think that's one area where, for me, it seems like that's coming from the clubs. It's frustrating from from the fans' point of view, certainly, because um, when you play football in the playground as a young kid, the, the one thing that you want in your life is you want to play for England. Yeah. That is your ultimate dream. You want to play for your country. So when you're there in the squad... Is it the clubs? Is is this where the sports science uh, stats then come in again of, oh, he's only uh, 50% fit or he's got a little knock, let's get him out. And, you know, some clubs are probably a little bit more protective than others, but we, we will never, ever know that, that that thing in the background. Is there an element of you as Spurs fans that cynically you look at the likes of Liverpool's players, United's players withdrawing, and you then go, well, hang on a minute, we're in a race with you lot for yeah. Champions League qualification. Yeah. Let's get Harry Kane out. Let's get Eric Dyer out. Let's get Trippier out. But I think that's the that's the difference, and that's where I'm saying to you about the media piece uh, controlling. They they pay the clubs. The clubs pay the wages. And if the club turns around to the player and says, "Look, yeah. I know you've got a desire to play for your country, but at the end of the day, I'm paying your wages, and I think you've got a little bit of a back issue, and you shouldn't be playing." That is ultimately controlled by the media because the media are paying the Premier League clubs in the first place. So, so ultimately, with Harry Kane, he's the England captain. He, he's his childhood dream to be England captain. He will never, he's never ever drop out. Exactly. No he chance. will never ever he's drop not out. You're do it. Totally he's right. not going to do it. Yeah. And and the difference being is, look, maybe top from a Tottenham perspective, we do need to be a bit more clever. Yeah. Like we need to be more clever in game management or a bit a bit nasty or whatever it is. But. But we're just not, are we? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'd, I'd like to see Pochettino kind of be a bit more authoritative and stamp his foot down and say, look, this guy is not fully fit or we or we, we need him in a couple of in a couple of weeks' time for crucial games that we've got. So I, I would like us to maybe be more authoritative and, and stop these players from always you know, being bullied into letting them go on international duty. But, but Sorry, sorry, John, I was just going to say, I, I think Jamie makes an absolutely brilliant point. But but actually, if if the club is treating the players in a way that kind of says, if you've got a desire to go and play international football and that's the pinnacle of your career and you should go and do that, like Toby Alvarez was uh, was left out the last game against Southampton for no apparent reason, got a three week break. Now he's he's basically going to start, or he might have already mm. played. I don't know what's uh, what's happened tonight, but he's playing for Belgium. You know, at the end of the day, our club status on that is look, we're not going to stop you from doing that, and that's maybe why players like playing for Potticino yeah. and maybe that's why they like playing for Spurs and you know there's there's an element of that as well yeah. you know it's it's quite complex to be fair yeah and there is a pride there for Spurs as there should be of saying listen 
not only do our players represent their nations, we allow them to do that as much as possible. That said, one Spurs player who does need a breather, and the international break could have been a possibility, it probably won't be, is a certain Mr. Christian Eriksen. He's come out and rubbish claims that his form has dropped off a bit because he's fatigued. But do we not need to recognise the amount of football he's played over the last couple of years? He must be shattered. Yeah, I think a lot of our players are shattered, but um, they just carry on going. And uh, Christian Eriksen, yeah, you know, to a lot of people, he's had a, a poor few few months, but he is still a, an exceptionally good player. Yes. And uh, I never, uh, you know, it'd be a very sad day when, when he leaves Spurs. And uh, I hope that that's not soon. More on Spurs' international squadron in just a moment. Christian Eriksen is crucial for Spurs. He's this wonderful little two-footed playmaker. He's the metronome in there. And the consequence of that is he plays an awful lot of football. Mm. Does he deserve a break? Can you afford to give him a break? I don't want to see him have a break. I, I, I love him at Spurs. And you know he's always going to be one of those first uh, names on the team sheet. And, and rightly so. He makes Spurs tick. He's at the heart of... Uh, most of our attacking play and uh, he's an exceptionally gifted footballer mm. and yeah I think the other thing is that a lot of people are saying that maybe his head's been turned and that's why he's not performing I personally don't buy that I do believe that he might that he'll probably leave at the end of the season but um, you look at the stats I remember a stat from a few weeks ago something like he'd averaged um, a game every six days for the last four years which is just like that's just ridiculous Obscene. that is ridiculous Um and so I think that there's certainly some element of fatigue there, whether he denies it or not. I do think that um, that maybe he could do with the rest. And um, but I, I would, I do think I'd like to make the point that I don't think he's performing poorly because his head's been turned. I think that that's rubbish because I see a lot of people saying that. It's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, do, um, do you think his head's been turned? With regardless of whether or not he's been poor, no. being played poor but, or not, but do, do you think his head's no. been turned? No. You think he's oh. solid? You think if Real Madrid are uh, sniffing around him, Zidane, Romance, Real Madrid, but you know, 11 Champions but Leagues, whatever. It's his it is. contract situation. The thing is, I, it's just, why has he not signed a new deal? That's what I would argue. You know, obviously he's got, what's he, one year left on his contract in the summer. Mm. And it's, I, I think, you know, people people say, pay him whatever he wants. Um, but that, that we, could, we could offer him 350k a week, but that's not what he wants. So what he wants is a Real Madrid or Barcelona contract, and that's just the way I see it. I think he's always seen it like that. Yeah, but, but to some players, they're, they're going to think, well, shall I sign another contract at Spurs? You know, are we going to show um, intention to, to win the Premier League, mm. to win the Champions League? Are we going to spend money? Let's wait until we move in the stadium. I think there's so many factors to it. Um, Ericsson, I, I, I just don't see how we can lose a player like that because if you lose a player like that who are you getting in who who are you getting in you know would you would you I think you'd need to spend a lot more money than what you'd get yeah. in well I've, I've always said if, if if we were to sell him I'd like to see it invested in a better well-rounded squad I think we obviously know where our weaknesses are the likes of the fullbacks central midfielders so I think that rather than going and directly replacing Ericsson I think that I would rather we saw it spent in other areas of the pitch Got to be careful doing that, though, because... And I think you're bang on that that is something Tottenham would benefit from. But when you did that with Bale, 
you've mm. got to get the signings right. Yeah. So the likes of Soldado didn't really work. Paulinho didn't really work. It wouldn't be good to let Ericsson go, try and rebuild, but not bring in anyone of genuine quality. I think that's the danger as well. We've seen it so many times now, the likes of Fulham, Everton, and even us. We've went and signed seven or eight players, and it just they don't, doesn't work. So... I say a better well-rounded squad. I mean, I'm talking two or three new players, and obviously that's that's what we can afford at the moment. Either way, Ericsson is going to need a breather. One man who's had one off the pitch, certainly because of injury, is Harry Kane. He's come back. He's fit. He's firing. He says he's got more energy than ever. But is he already back to his best? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and the lads from Last Word on Spurs. And the argument we were having in the previous section was so, so lively that it continued in the break and it's continued through the break. And I'm afraid it's going to continue now. I'm in I'm slightly scared, to be honest, because I'm in a room full of very passionate Spurs fans of excellent business people. And the debate is continuing. How can you grow the club? Do you do it organically? Do you do it with investment from outside? And is it possible to keep on that positive trajectory if you sell some of your best players? With that, I'm just going to throw to a tweet we've had into the show from Josh Gaffson, who asks, I know what Daniel Levy said about the stadium not impacting our finances, but do you think we'll still be able to sign big names with a potentially smaller budget? Because it's not just the fact that current squad might go, it's that you might not have as much leeway in the transfer market as you'd have liked. It's the wages. I was just going to say, I mean, Jamie, you're you're the transfer man, but for me it's the wages. It's not actually... We can sign Gareth Bale for 70 million. And we've got, probably got 70 million to spend on Gareth Bale. But you can't pay his wages. But we, we've said time and time again, these are not Pochettino-type players. The, the big yeah. stars are not Pochettino signings. It's never going to happen. But Chris, in terms of your argument of the club needing to push on and become this super club, does Pochettino need to adapt with that and go, Absolutely. you know what, my kind of player now is a big star? Well, the fact that I know that Pochettino is not going to be buying the likes of Gareth Bauer and all these superstars for for whatever reason he has. This is why I'm saying it is so important that if we have got superstars at the club, i.e. Christian Eriksen, you need to keep them there. You cannot afford to let them go because you know that we're never ever going to spend multi-millions of pounds on, yeah. on, a, on a better player of Christian Eriksen's ability. Mm. The problem is though is if we just keep this team we don't know it could just it's going to keep stagnating. And Certain players Jamie I said s- not, not the yeah, team. Yeah I mean but, and then, but then I look at where is where are the transfer funds going to come from and I doubt that they're going to come from just out of our own pocket so we're going to have to look at maybe um, offloading certain players and I've always said this that that's kind of for me the only option that I'm looking at selling the likes of Eriksen but yeah controversial but I've done a really really crass calculation here uh, listeners and this is my ca- uh, my ca- my calculation you've got 15 players so you've got 50, a, a first squad of 15 players on average on 120 grand a week so there will be some players like Davinson Sanchez it's on much lower and obviously there'll be a Harry Kane that's on much higher but we're averaging at 120 grand a week that rocks up at about 93 million a season okay that's what you're paying out just on wages 93 million a season 
again, here comes the crass, and there'll be loads of people saying, oh, this is a stupid calculation. But if you take 62,000 uh, the seat a stadium, um, and you multiply that by 19 games at 60 quid a week, uh, 60 quid a game, right? More than, more than that it's uh, it's going to be more than that because you've got all of the um uh hospitality and all that. i haven't even included that 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 figure the crass figure 70 million this is so far beyond my level i was lost at about key stage four <laughs> i suppose the point the point i'm making is if the new stadium at its bare minimum can bring in 60 quid a week from 62,000 people sorry every other week so 19 games worth and uh and that's 70 million and we're having to pay 93 million out in wages in, in a new kind of a wage structure. Yes, it's 20 million to find, but you've got all the hospitality, you've got all the TV money, you've got all the Champions League Cheese money boards. to go on there. Cheese boards, breweries. I mean, you know, look, I, I, we don't know the ins and outs of the club, but it doesn't actually, on balance, seem unattainable. The, cl- the club aren't poor. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, Let's face it. We, we <laughs> but have, having said that, we don't want to end up like a... A Leeds or a Portsmouth or a Sunderland or everyone else that's gone before that's chased no. the dream and can't afford it. The- and that's why sometimes you've got to grow organically to make sure that we can afford it. This is the long-term legacy rather than the short-term fix. There's- we could we could win a Carabao Cup and spend 300 million and then we can go down into League 2. I don't fancy that. There's no doubt, Lee, that Tottenham are an extremely well-run club and, and always have been under you, Daniel Levy. I think you said it last week, didn't you? Best-run club in the Prem. They're they're brilliant in that in that in that manner. But we're talking about um, Tottenham winning trophies. As every fan, we all want to see our captain and the whole of the team and Pochettino pick up trophies. So if you're going to win trophies, you need to keep your best players. That that that's what I'm saying. And and for for Jamie here to say we should be getting rid of Christian Eriksen, well, I'm not talking to him anymore. <laughs> but, but Chris, whether whether or not we're turning Jamie's mic off, it might it might not be the club's choice, might it? In that you're right to point out the club aren't poor, but wealth in the footballing context is very very relative. And if Real Madrid come in and go, hi Christian, nice to meet you. I like your right foot. I like your left foot dodgy haircut but we'll move beyond that how would you like 300 grand a week and a chance to play at the Bernabeu is there anything anyone at the club can do no <laughs> there ain't is there what? the reason I say sell Christian Eriksen is because when we're looking to you know, we're, still to, working. we're looking to go forward like where's the money for to improve the squad overall because at the moment this is not a squad that's winning trophies yeah but you can't just say we're going to sell Christian Eriksen and then we're going to get a few players mm. in that Pochettino will need to develop over a number of years yeah. um, you know he's already five years in we're already thinking where's the trophies um, I know we're getting Champions League I think that since 91 <laughs> <laughs> but no long before Poch Pochettino's constantly getting us Champions League football which is absolutely fantastic mm. but uh, he doesn't really have the, the, the drive and passion to win a domestic cup, i.e. the League Cup or FA Cup, and he, he wants to go big. So when you want to go big, you're not going to be challenging for the Premier League by selling Christian Eriksen and, and, buying, yeah. and buying two or three players in that we've never really heard of, and, and it's going to take him time to develop. It is a time thing. It is, it is that balance. And it's actually, it's brilliant, actually. I want to bring in the Ricky Villa, which is a, a tweet that we've had in from at the Ricky Villa. Um, and uh, he, ran a, he ran a poll recently and he tweeted into the show as well to say, could, could, you, uh, could you answer um, what, what the poll question is? So I'll read it out. Um, out of interest, how would you prefer Spurs to win major trophies? I thought it was absolutely fantastic because um, he asked a billionaire takeover 
organically grow, which is what we've been talking about today, or other comments. So other got 2%, billionaire takeover, 36%, and organically grow, 62%, because obviously the fans are understanding what our belief is. And just to put it into context, that was the final results, over seven hundred pe- uh, 1,700 people voted. So uh, big shout out to, to the Ricky, uh, at the Ricky Villa there, because I, I think that it's a prominent question because the romance of the Champions League and uh, and all the stuff that we talked about last week that's the romance isn't it to be able to do it with homegrown players through the academy to do it ourselves but can that be done well, anymore let's just, let's, I, well yeah because Leicester Leicester didn't go and spend but Leicester were the, billion, were the one in the billion yeah Okay, but but so no, but your question was, can it be done? And, okay, and yeah, it, factually, it, yes, it yeah, can. yeah, it can, yes, it can, it be, can done. be done. But in terms of a consistent basis, I think the point that comes out of Chris's argument is that actually, if you don't pump that money in, because the cities and the Chelsea's and the Uniteds are always going to be doing that, unless you do, as you rightly say, Lee, have this fantastic fairy tale Leicester season. How can you do it without just going, well, all right, let's get some investment, shatter the wage structure and just change the way the club is run? Well, I, I feel very proud the way that, that Pochettino yeah. runs Agreed. Tottenham. Me too. Right? I'm and, very proud. And um, I, I believe that he just needs a few additions to the squad and spend some serious amount of money. Um, they don't need to be superstars. They, they just need to be good players. Hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've not signed anybody in a, in yeah. a long, long time. <laughs> Yeah. No, we've definitely we've definitely built up some credit in terms of uh, signings. Uh, that, that's for sure. But I think again, it comes back down to when when we're talking about the signings piece, it comes back down to it, it's not necessarily the transfer fee; it's the wages, which is why I wanted to kind of point out that you know the crass calculations that I just did because it changes the structure. I, I suppose the question should be this: uh, the question should be this, and I think Jamie articulated this brilliantly earlier. Are we ready to smash, in your words, Johnny, the wage structure now? Or should we still be patient enough to wait one or two more seasons to get some more of that revenue in from the new stadium, see how it works, and then go for it? Because that's the decision, unfortunately, is totally out of the, our fa- us as fans' hands. But as the, as, as, as the business owners, as the people that own the purse strings, that's the decisions they'll be making. And, and actually, when you look at the... You know, there's lots of different circumstances, but when you look at a Leeds or a Portsmouth or whatever... Portsmouth won the FA Cup. Brilliant. Brilliant day out. But it cost them in League Two. Yeah. League One now, sorry. They're in the they're in the they're in the um was it Checker Trade Trophy final at Wembley, which they've sold out, which is amazing. In that, but, by the but, way, they can potentially play against Tottenham Hotspurs under twenty threes. Exactly. I think on the way I think Sunderland on the way to also making the final played Newcastle's under twenty one. You know, the point I'm trying to make is and uh, look, people are smiling here because oh, that won't ever happen to Spurs. But we thought that about Leeds. They got to Champions League semi-final because they went for the dream. And their and their sales, if we can put it this way, their sales forecast was, don't worry, we'll spend the money because we we'll get it back by qualifying for Champions League. And guess what? They didn't. And guess what? Bye bye Leeds. Well, this is the secret then. Champions League qualification is absolutely crucial. But will it happen? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio and the passion in the studio is continuing through every ad break. The arguments continue, the rows continue, debates. the love. I reckon debates, debates John. Debates. I reckon Sophisticated debates. parliamentary debates. To be fair, we're sorting more than they are. Um, and <laughs> That's true, that is true. <laughs> the thing that shines through all of it 
is the passion for Tottenham Hotspur. The primary concern then has to be Champions League qualification. The most likely route is looking through Premier League placing. Spurs currently sitting third. They're one point clear of Arsenal in fourth. They're three points clear of United in fifth and four clear of Chelsea in sixth. Is either that third or fourth spot still Tottenham's? Well, I think it's third still because uh, I'm Mr. Optimistic. And um, and look, it says here, Danny Rose uh, is at a loss as to explain Tottenham's loss of Premier League form, which has seen them lose three of the last four in the league. Um, and ultimately, we're asking ourselves the question, what, what do we put that slump down to? Um, is it fatigue? Is it Harry Kane coming back perversely? Um, is it Lorente not getting enough game time since <laughs> Harry Kane come back? You know, I'm laughing because ultimately Kane started four and scored three um, d- during that period of time. But... I don't know what the the reason for the slump in form is, um, other than uh, maybe there's a bit of uncertainty. What what we do know is we've got Kane back, we've got Delhi back, mm. we've got Dyer coming back, we've had w- Winks is had a rest, we've got the new stadium coming up. We're still third, yeah. we're still whole, it's still totally within our hands. I don't think anyone, <laughs> other than probably me, a few weeks ago on here, thought that we would win the title. I don't think I thought that we'd win the title, but we had a chance. Mm. We we were sitting here three weeks ago two points behind Man City with the Burnley game ahead of us saying the same sorts of things so look as Jason always says um, look, one game at a time but but we're not going to do that Jason <laughs> we're going to go and have a look at what the form guide looks like and, and I do think we're still going to get third what do you think Lads? I'm, I am confident I think that the slump I think it's literally it's just down to fatigue I think that missing Harry Kane and Deli Alli do I need to even say it they are two of our most important players if not the two most important players um both coming back from injury and, and when you're coming back from injury and you haven't played for so long you're going to you're going to be li- uh, missing a certain a sharpness so I think that over time as, as they continue to get minutes and obviously we're getting into the business end of the season I think that they are going to start coming back into form and I think that that is going to be the biggest push along with the stadium that's going to help us get the top four well at the start of the season everyone thought we were in crisis didn't totally they? <laughs> when you got to get top you know Tottenham yeah. not, no no chance of top four yeah. and now we're sitting in third place you, yeah. you know the players said that the the the, the thing was top four yeah. uh, at the start of the season and you know still playing at Wembley we've had multiple injuries month after month you know key players yeah. have been out um, still playing at Wembley and you know it's, it just feels so good now we're going to be going home and you know mm. playing Liverpool and and now end of the month you know near the end of the month and we're still sitting in third I, th- I think it's something to look forward to and in, we, sure. n- we need to now put the performances in because it's been a very very mixed season on the pitch yeah it's, it's a difficult one I mean you, you point to Watford Burnley Southampton uh, Wolves to a certain degree as well although I think they've been absolutely fantastic this season yeah. in terms of a promoted club yeah. uh, and, and I know that they're in some of the run-ins that Jamie's going to go through in a minute with, with some of our rival teams and that that is not an easy place to uh, uh, or a team to face so you know you probably point at them three stroke four fixtures and think that's where we've blown it um, and you can't really argue with that we've only ever we've only drawn one game all season which is an improvement on previous uh, seasons we've scored um, uh, sorry we've got we've got more wins at this stage of the season than we ever have in the Premier League which is utterly ridiculous we're still 
just about if we beat Liverpool and City and win the rest <laughs> of our games uh, on for a record points total so right, look yeah. I know I know that the one uh, one point out of 12 is horrific but it, like we said last week if that was spread out over a period of games or throughout the season it wouldn't be so bad you know the fact of the matter is that we had a 10 point lead over Arsenal it's now only one that is worrying of course it is but what's also on our favour is the last time Tottenham went and, uh, um, on a 5 6 7 uh, uh, game streak without winning a Premier League game I don't even remember it must have been uh, yeah. it was probably under AVB to be fair but it, it was you know I don't even remember when that was so that's obviously on our side because the, if, you, if you know what I mean the slump's already gone do you get what I mean the, the, the tough thing is that we've got Liverpool next and, and probably everybody if we'd have beaten Southampton if we'd have beaten the Burnley and still been up there we'd have fancied this but now we're going into it on the back foot and Liverpool can go and play their football with no pressure per se but but they have got pressure because all of a sudden they might be behind Man City again I mean they need the win as much as you do do. of course they do but the figure that will be levelled at Spurs if you lose this game is 1 from 50 which suddenly that that does sound Mm. terrible I mean that's relegation form yeah. Right there, isn't it? And yeah. How long yeah. do you think it is that the players can have that particular figure touted to them before it does start to affect them psychologically? Well, I think in some ways you need to treat the game like a cup final. It's a one-off and uh, you need to go out to win. I, I don't think that we'll sit back and uh, want the draw. Certainly don't want the defeat. And I think Pochettino will take Tottenham there to, to try and win. I think it's the only um, Premier League ground that Pochettino hasn't won as Spurs manager so uh, he will definitely be looking to win that game mm. and they've had a, a good week away in Barcelona and yep. uh, you know the preparation and I know a lot of them are away now with England and, and various other countries but um, they've had good preparation and uh, a, a good rest out in Barcelona as well and yeah. I can see us getting a result I don't know about us winning but I can, I can see us uh, getting a draw or a win there so it's, obviously it's going to be three, nearly almost three weeks since we last played when we when we faced Liverpool. So I'm I'm interested to see how how the team's going to react to that. Of course, we thought that after Dortmund having ten days off before Burnley was going to be a good thing. It turns out that it just wasn't. So um, I'm very interested to see how the team's going to react to having had such a long long period of off. Very difficult. Interesting to think how Pochettino will handle it. He's known for being a manager with very intense training methods. But could the best approach at the moment actually be to give them a breather? The positive thing for him will be that Tottenham's future is in their own hands. But he will have an eye over the shoulder on the Arsenals, on the United, on the Chelsea's, on their run-ins. And that's what we'll be looking at in just a moment. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio and Jamie Brown of Last Word on Spurs and and indeed Daily Hotspur, I should say. You were suggesting just a moment ago that this is potentially a difficult thing for Pochettino to handle, a gap of Mm. so much time between the last Spurs game and the next one. As far as you three are concerned, how should the club handle that? Well, look, Spurs are a side that relies on, on playing with high intensity, so... I, I kind of put the Burnley Burnley defeat uh, down to perhaps we weren't we weren't we'd had so many days off that we 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 struggled to manage it and and it was obviously an early kickoff so that's what I put it down to that the fact that um, that we'd had so long off and and the intensity wasn't there um, but I think that they're obviously going to have had a chance to play games with England um, so I th- I think. It, 
at the end of the day, I do think we'll be all right when we go to Liverpool. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool have got a lot of internationals as well, so yeah. you know it's just about avoiding injuries and getting everybody back fully fit. And mm. like we've all said, Deli Ali's back, um, Eric Dyer as well. So you know some key players coming back for us, and yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it will go well at Anfield. And we've got eight games left, right, in the in the Premier League. Um, can we win six of them? Can we? Can, the thing is about Tottenham and the things about this side under Pochettino, and and I don't care whether or not you you know it's Spursy or we still got fans that don't believe. You, you can't argue with this. We know that we can go on a run. We yeah. know we can go on on a winning streak, four, five, six games. We've done it season after season under, and we know we can go and do that. We know that we can go the next eight games unbeaten. It's just whether or not we get enough to, uh, uh, points. So we know we can go to Anfield and get a two-two draw and should have won that game. Two penalties it, and that debacle at the end of the seat. You know, we know we can do that. It's funny now, isn't it? You look at social media when Tottenham have lost a couple of games. It's just like uh, yeah. mayhem and crisis because we're just so not used to losing a couple mm-hmm. on the trot under under Poch in the last five years. Yeah, I mean we've we, we have had. Uh, I, I do remember a couple of slips up uh, under Pochettino. Um, but then we've always seemed to come back and bounce mm. back from it even stronger. I, I can very vividly remember like last season, the season before that, where you, you, we undergo periods under Pochettino where we just really, really struggle. I've had periods where I've questioned whether Pochettino might actually get sacked. It's been that bad, and I do remember that very clearly. But we've always seemed to have bounced back very well from it. And, yeah, Liverpool's such a huge game to get up for. The players, I'm sure, will be really fired up for that one. So, it's, yeah, I, I love stats, absolutely love them. But, but the reality is, here's here's some reality around stats. We've lost nine games so far this season, um, and the worst uh, streak under Pochettino's reign in the last five years is lost uh, twelve, sorry, thirteen games that we've lost. I think it was in his first season um, under him. Other than that, we've we've lost virtually hardly any games during the season in 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 Spurs terms, if if that makes sense. But but we're sitting here with more points other than the sixteen uh, the the 17-18 season. Sorry, sixteen seventeen season. We're actually sitting here with more points than any other time under Pochettino because we've won more games. So mm. from a stat perspective, you go oh, we're having a shocker. We've lost we've lost nine, but but actually we've won twenty. And if we win six out of the last eight, that will re- that will equal our record points total of in terms of winning games. So stats are great sometimes and not so great other times. The reality of the situation is, can we, do we believe as Tottenham Hotspur fans that we can go on a unbeaten run from now until the end of the season, or certainly go on a winning streak of three, four, five games? Because I, for one, do. I think we can do it, and therefore, it, you know, and it starts in ten days' time against Liverpool, which is a massive game. In terms of Spurs barely drawing any games this season, do you think that's a case of games that would have been draws being turned into wins? Yeah. Or is it potential draws becoming losses because you've won more and you've lost more? Well, it, it, it was it was at first turning them into wins and then um, these, these later games <laughs> yeah. have, have been turning into defeats. So. So it's kind of balancing <laughs> itself out, isn't it, <laughs> ironically? I mean, the, Burn- the Burnley, nil-nil, 93rd minute, Ericsson pops up with a winner at Wembley. Yeah. That all day long in season's gone by is a is a draw we, we were grinding results out but we were grinding them yeah. and then what for whatever reason Sanks caught up with us on the basis that all of a sudden we started to, to lose them games I still go back to that Southampton game and think game management why didn't somebody go down injured and take the sting out of the game I still go back to that, that the uh, the same situation with the Burnley game as well you know we had that we had that in the in, in, in the bank 
um, and you know, and it's it's them little little moments that think, hey, you know, when is this ever going to change? But we've also gone to Barcelona, we've also gone to Madrid, we've also gone to Dortmund, Chelsea, Arsenal, all away grounds, and, and got results there. And you know, and getting a result in at, at Anfield, yes, we want to win, but getting a result, a, a good result, at Anfield for Tottenham in this state of play would be a draw. But but this well, is we a, do that. this is a real key part of the season now. These last couple of months of the season, huge, it, it is huge, and huge. we do need Champions League in our brand new stadium next season. That is real key, and the the target for Poch at the start of the season would have been top four. And uh, I think if he does reach top four this season, it will be highly successful. You know, bearing in mind that everything that has gone on. Potuccino's target. And he's always made this clear, and Daniel Levy, the club, everything. They've always made it clear. Five-year plan the project, the legacy and all that jazz, the five-year plan was to get in that new stadium with Champions League football. That was the plan. Yeah. That is still on the cards. Regardless of what's gone on before, that is still on the cards. Jamie, you've got some fixtures in front of you. What's, yeah. What 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 we got going on, buddy? What's the running look like against yeah. the top four? So, as I said, I mean, Arsenal, very, very, I've got a very, very simple running. They've got the likes of Palace, Watford, uh, Brighton, Burnley. So, Although Arsenal, in the context of Arsenal, that, that's, that's it's not actually that. Simple. Well, they, there you go. They they're, can slip up. Those are the sort of games that they tend to slip up. It's in, also so. away, and there's yep. a lot of away games. Yeah, in Arsenal's away form is terrible. I've seen a lot of yeah. people. Arsenal. If you were given the choice as a top four side of Arsenal's running relative to your own, you would take it. Mm. But from an Arsenal point of view, the places where they capitulate, the likes of Wolves, the likes of Everton, they're going to. They're they going. They're going to. They're going to go Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, they've got to go to Wolves. Uh, and then I'm looking at Manchester United now. Um, yeah, they've got to go to Wolves as well. They've got and they've, City. And they've got a period where they play uh, Manchester City and then Chelsea. So that's And, and that sandwich be... between that, they've got their Champions League against Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to be managed. Yeah. And then you look at you look at um, Chelsea. Chelsea. They they're already four points behind us. So they got some clear they were three games in hand against got to go to Liverpool. points and now they're still four points yeah. behind. Got to go to Liverpool. They're also they're not playing United. that well. Chelsea. Yeah. Well there, there you go. I mean obviously been awful over recent weeks, so and and you never know with obviously Sari has been so much speculation over his future and you don't really don't know what Chelsea are going to be like mm. in the in the ne- in the coming weeks. So if if we remember as yeah. well last season we went to Wembley played Newcastle and how tense was that game <laughs> because we knew that that would get yeah. us over the line to guarantee us Champions League football and it weren't you know it wasn't like a foregone conclusion three months earlier that we was in we was in the top four it's always going to go down not to the wire hopefully but it's always going to be close isn't it Chris mm. but but we do not um, under any circumstances want to rely on the results of no. Arsenal Chelsea and Manchester United oh, no, we, uh, we, we need to perform in these last two months yeah. Um, get you know, but that's the key game is Liverpool, isn't it? Because it's yeah. one, it's the next yeah. game. So you know, just take every game as it comes. And if we lose that game and the rest of them win around us, we're going to be outside of the top four for the first time in well, I don't even remember. But it's highly important to get results anyway away at Liverpool, away at Manchester yeah. City. If you're if you're a top four side, as Tottenham have there. been the last few years. You know, we, we need to beat the top sides and we need to get results. We need to beat Burnley's and Southampton's as well. I think that, fair. that period of, what's it, nine days where we play City three times, yeah. I think that that's going to be huge and just, oh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how we manage that. One of our greatest ever players uh, once said, it's a funny old game. 
and and it absolutely is a funny old game, isn't it? Like it just throws up these uh, different things that have. You couldn't make up, could you, that we're going to play City three times in like nine days or whatever? Scary. It's just madness, yeah. or whatever that three week period. Um, something's got to give. Over a three legged tie, you know, it's like I'm Jake the Peg with the man with three legs, right? <laughs> if it, you know, over a three legged tie, you can't tell me we're going to get battered by City three times. No chance. Chance? No chance. No. Not of that. Why? I don't think we're going to get battered in. Either. No, no. Okay, maybe not battered or beaten. Then. I mean, I think that some, something's got to give. I mean, I, I look at it in this way. I mean, that Southampton defeat was a hard one to take. But, but in my in my mind, without being a defeatist, in my mind, I've got. I kind of got. Maybe we won't get anything at Anfield, but we're going to beat Southampton. It's classic Spurs, isn't it? That we don't get anything at Southampton. We go yeah. and beat Liverpool at Anfield. And actually, you're back on track, aren't you? Well, the big question is how you go and beat Liverpool at Anfield. And I think we'll have to get our teeth into that in just a moment. This is Love Sport. We're always keen to hear from you here on the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. You can get in touch on 0208 558 or at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. And Carlos Blanco at Chalky White1974 has done just that. He asks, do you think Spurs should play a defensive counter-attacking game at Anfield? I'm not meaning to be negative or should we just go toe-to-toe? Great show as always. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, do you know what? I was so I was so happy to see that Dortmund performance uh, away because I re- I really thought it was a mature performance mm. from Spurs. The way we what we did, and I suppose that's what um, uh, that's what we're talking about here is because that's we absorbed all the pressure and then hit them on the break. But but part of <laughs> So yeah, I, th- I I don't know. I'm thinking it through as I'm I'm, as I'm answering a question. I, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, because because actually we have got the firepower and the and the ability to hurt them going the other way. I think when we went toe to toe with them earlier in the season at, at Wembley, I mean again it was a stupid mistake, wasn't yeah. it, for the first goal from, from memory? I was in Rome that that weekend, so I didn't I didn't watch the game. But not Jamaica. <laughs> I wasn't Jamaica. It's in Rome. But when in Rome, do you get me? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean I, I, that was from my memory. So I, I think it was a stupid mistake, and I think that's what we've got to cut out mm. against Dortmund. There was no mistakes. Mm. That's what we've got to do. We've got to set up defensively and say not not park the bus, but we've got to be solid and say we are not going to get beaten today but you're going to have to worry about us going the other way. What do you boys think? I think usually you'd say that Pochettino is a man that will never, that doesn't like to adapt his, his style of play to whoever we're playing. Mm. But I do feel that that's a, that is a very good point about the Dortmund game. I do also think that he's learning. And I think that he's learning that sometimes it is best to adapt the way that you play. Um, and I think that perhaps it would, might, might be sensible to slightly change the way we'd play against Liverpool and maybe adopt a slightly more defensive approach and and catch them on the break. I think you're right, Jamie. I, I think that Pochettino has certainly learned. Um, I think he learned a lot from the Juventus um, defeat yeah, at Wembley, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know, certainly the, the way that we won um, at Dortmund was very, very impressive. Yeah. And I think we need to treat that the Liverpool away game in, in exactly the same. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Thinking about it through, lads, you, that uh, and listeners, I think it's a brilliant question, and I, and mm. I think that's what we should do. You know, we shouldn't be. Uh, You've got to play to your strengths. You've got to play to what we know that we're good at. And ultimately, 
Spurs are at their best when we're when we're attacking, when we're we're going to toe to toe piece, and and I and I and I get that, and I know I'm um, contradicting myself. But when you're in the situation of Liverpool away, buzzing Anfield, all that sort of stuff, and they are under pressure to to win that game as well because of the title race. If we can keep them out, if they pound our goal like Dortmund did, but they can't beat it. That yeah. is very, very, very frustrating. I'll say it again, very. <laughs> because because we've been there so many times, like against the burning or that sort of stuff, and it, it starts to grate on you as a, as, a, as a team. So to then hit them on the break, we've got one of the, well, I think we've got the best number nine in, in, in the world. So it's always a threat. So both in terms of on the pitch and before the game, how much of this Liverpool clash is psychological for Spurs? Because Liverpool are obviously chasing a first Premier League title ever for them in terms of it being called the Premier League they're up against it they're getting called bottlers the whole time by the media they will start to get a bit worried if it's not going their way as Lee points out so how much of it is actually going to be won in the mind rather than on the pitch well to to a neutral fan what a game because of course Mm. Liverpool are going for the Premier League Tottenham need three points um, you know Pochettino really needs the three points because we need to secure the, uh, the the top four place um, the players going into that type of game, everybody wants to win, don't they? Every, everybody wants to win, and it should be a fantastic game. But I think it would be very, very tight, and I think that um, if we can get the first goal, I can see us getting the three points there. Mm. I think you said that. That sorry, sorry. Um, that was the that was the only Premier League ground that Pochettino hasn't won at. So and and as we've seen on many occasions, Pochettino is a guy that that sort of breaks these sort of hoodoos, uh, if you like. Um, we saw it against Chelsea, so perhaps you know who knows that could, this could be the the time that we finally do it. But I think there's nothing to fear. I think for us, you know, I think the media, uh, Liverpool, are the media darlings anyway. So you know, the reality is that they've already won the game, um, and no one's expecting us to go there and get a result. No one. Um, so that's fine. Probably half our half of our fan base is thinking the same thing as well. The whole Spurs thing or whatever. So look, it's a, it's almost a shot to nothing. You know, we're already thinking in in in, in the back of our minds that we're going to be fifth by the end of that game uh, before it's even kicked off in ten days' time. We may as well be fifth now. So actually, you're going to that game, and it's it's a shot to nothing. You may as well give it a go. But but Liverpool are under immense pressure. That's the, why the, the, that's why I agree with you about the whole Dortmund setup because if we go there and frustrate them. 45 minutes and mm. it's nil-nil and they've and they've battered us and they can't score mm-hmm. they are going to be worried the crowd is be silenced they're going to be worried yeah. and then we have a breakaway attack Son back on form Kane Deli Alley Christian Eriksen that front four I've said it so many times week after week best front four in the Premier League we, we can't afford a day off that day but, we, but, everyone needs yeah. to perform and that my friend is spot on we cannot afford a day off you don't turn up Spurs players against Liverpool or Anfield you're having a laugh <laughs> like, all that hard work that you've done what is the point like, I'm sorry listeners but you've you got you got to uh, turn us up in your car when you're travelling in the morning on the podcast you're whatever. shouting Lee you're shouting I turn, to, turn it down I turn thought I was doing a Spurs show but apparently I bought the tickets to Henry V <laughs> turn it up because I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, know, the, you you can't go into a game and have a day off like you did or have 20 minutes off like you did at Southampton it's, it's not good enough mm. you've got to go in that game totally switched on like Dortmund and, and do what we do best and, and play to our strengths and, and we can win the yeah. game I'll take a draw now though <laughs> <laughs> how, how all, all great build speeches end. <laughs> yeah. no, I, look, I, look, I know I get a bit carried away and, so, and it's a little bit tongue in cheek but look all seriousness 
like you say, you, we can't go there and have a day off. No. What, why should, this is the business end of the season. Well, We've got brilliant players. We can take them on, can't in, we? In the eight remaining games, we can't afford any days off. You know, we must perform in all of these matches now because uh, top four is key. Um, we must get the Champions League. I can't, I can't say that enough times. But um, you know, hopefully, a few signings in the summer, and uh, let's see where it takes us next year. For Spurs now, every game matters, every point matters. Can they do it? Well, everyone around me in this room seems to believe they can. Come you Spurs. Join me next week on the Spurs Fan Show. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.